construction, golf news, equipment, travel, interviews, course profiles, and more. Your weekly fix of all things golf is about to begin. It's the Flagstick Podcast with your hosts, Jeff Bonner and Scott McLeod. Well, welcome everybody to yet another episode of the Flagstick Podcast. I am Jeff Bonner and with me as always is Scott McLeod. And the uh, Flagstick Podcast is brought to you this week by Canadian Pro Shop Online. They have the gift of golf everyone is talking about. Introducing the Clubhouse Golf Box, an amazing gift for the golfer in your life. Loaded with amazing products from top brands, simply choose the essential or premium box, choose the ship date, and we will fill the box with amazing products to ship it to you or write to the lucky recipient. Gift giving made easy. Get yours and browse for other great gifts at Canadian Pro Shop Online. I'm all nice. in on that. I like that. All in on that. Yeah. Canadian Pro Shop Online, putting the box of gifts together for you. That's shipping so, it right so to much, us. <laughs> so much easier. Like, I'm sorry, but. Sold. Th- thanks, thanks, buddy Lee at the Canadian uh, Canadian Pro Shop yeah. Online for uh, where, where, coming where up I with a great idea. Where, where do I drop the address? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, How are you, before, well, I'm good. But before we get into that, Scott, you know, I just how I am and everything. We just want to make sure that everybody is uh, following across all social media networks, Instagram X and Facebook, TikTok. subscribe on Spotify, audible, Google podcasts, Apple podcasts. And we do encourage you to subscribe to the YouTube channel, like us and click the notification bell to make sure that you never miss a single episode. Um, Okay. Now we can talk about me. I'm doing good. (laughs) A few uh, unwell people in the household, but uh you know, that, everybody that, has that, that this time of year. It is what it is. Yeah, um, exactly. I'm off to Pembroke this weekend to uh, to Pembroke, fulfill Ontario. Fulfill yet another weekend of uh, hockey coaching tournament uh, duties um, as uh, in my role as a non-parent coach. Mm. Um, yeah, very different for me this year. But yep, uh, last away tournament. Uh, well, not necessarily. If we win the tournament this weekend, then we move on to the. Silver stick finals. So uh wow. Really love for the boys to get this win this weekend and, and get that extra tournament in January. So. Now, for people who don't know, Pembroke, Ontario is in the upper Ottawa Valley, yes. north of Ottawa here in Canada, but it's also famous from a golf perspective. Yeah. Worldwide. Because uh basically we've got a famous golfer, Alexis Sterling Fraser, yep. who is actually buried there. Um, so oh, I, mean, I thought you were going to say famous golfer Dan Shields. No, no, no. Dan would love that if we said that about Dan. <laughs> Infamous. Dan, Inf- Dan, Dan, if you're listening, we love Dan. Dan, the uh, uh, owner of two fabulous golf facilities, including a historic one in the uh, the Pembroke Golf Club. But uh, yeah, it is actually the burial place of uh, Alexis Sterling Fraser, who was the childhood friend of Bobby Jones and uh, ended up coming up to Canada and, and was a great Canadian champion and yeah, so if, if you don't know who she is, look her up, and uh, hard to believe, but yeah, her gravesite is actually in Pembroke, Ontario. Well, there you go. Things you never thought you'd things you never thought podcast. you'd know, and yeah. but could come up on a trivia test sometime. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Which I'm our... thinking about that trivia, actually trivia. Trivia. I'm thinking about sometime. You know, we're talking about some stuff we're doing for the YouTube channel and, and things, and I've got mm-hmm. uh, some reviews and, and things that are going to go up there soon. Um, I'm thinking about maybe even doing let you let's let's get some feedback on this. Thinking about doing a live sometime where we do trivia. Oh, oh, which could be fun. 
could be a lot of fun. So anyways, give us some feedback if you think that's a good idea uh, for us to do some lives or even if it's me, if you have me off doing some other stuff, I can I can run that show. Um, but yeah, maybe some lives on the uh, on the YouTube channel at some point. So give yeah. us some feedback on that. Put the questions like up see that. and then with do... the answers highlighted. And... Yeah, there's lots of stuff that we can mm-hmm. do there. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I like it. All right. All right. Let's get to I'm it. all game for that. Okay, let's uh, let's talk about uh, let's get into some show. Yeah, what um, we got going on? Well, what we got going on is a crazy awesome good show once again. Um front nine as always, we will catch up on latest news uh, and topics and so forth including some Q school updates and uh some talk from the Hero World Challenge. Oh, is that going on? Somebody, it is. Gosh, somebody yeah. big playing? Oh, Smallest okay. field on the PGA Tour all year long and Probably gets more talk than a major. Um, rightfully so, I suppose, right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, on the back nine, we are uh, we are joined uh, by uh, Canadian veteran Dan Marsh to talk about his experience in the Caddy School for Soldiers program. Um, you did an interview uh, with Dan, and we have that interview ready for everybody in the back nine. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's get at the front nine first uh, before we can get to the good stuff in the back nine. The front nine presented by Metcalf Golf Club, a natural setting, a pleasant challenge. Of course, golf season is over. What? Yes, but it's time to plan for next season right now. Get a membership, join one of the leagues, or get your name on the list for the leagues. Wait lists are normal. Um, purchase some game packs uh, and be ready to hit the first tee in the spring. Visit MetcalfGolf.com to shop for those things now. Lots of gift ideas there, too. Mm-hmm, definitely. It is that season. It's gift ideas. I know. Everything's a gift idea. Gift are, idea. Are you, Everything's a gift you, idea. This piece of paper is a gift, is idea. A gift idea for somebody in my family <laughs> this year. This USB drive. This is a really good, this is a re-gift idea. I'm just going to clean this off, wipe it clean, put it in a little box, like a jewelry box kind of thing with a little soft yeah. uh, cotton ball in behind it. And I'm going to, and I'm going to give it to somebody to say, here's a USB. They're not going to know that there are, was are something a, on it. Are you a late gift guy or an early gift guy? Oh, I'm late. I mean, I, I don't even think, I mean, actually I'm a, I'm a mid. When you, when, I'm no, mid. When you say, so you're not, you're not the max milk at midnight. No, no, no. <laughs> okay, that's you. Right. No, it's not. Oh, sorry. Not one bit. I've never, never. Well, maybe. That's Jim, um, that's, Jim, that's your old partner, Jim. Ah, that's it. Yeah, that's exactly it. Now, he's, I'm certainly, certainly Jim is not like that now. That was uh, that was a long time ago where I remember that story. But um, I digress. Yes, exactly. So I digress. I, I, hey, I just wondered. I mean, I mean, we're about to turn into the uh, December, obviously. I know. Um, you know, which is hard to believe. There's a couple of things coming up actually before we even get to some of our news and talks. Um, a couple of days from now, we're actually going to mark our 15th anniversary on Twitter or X, believe it or not. That's 75,000 plus tweets, posts on there. Um, that's insane when I think about it. It really is. 75,000 X's. Yeah. Posts. They're posts. They're not whatever. They're posts. Musk can call them whatever he wants. They're tweets. Yeah. But. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. Yeah. So seventy-five thousand. Yeah. Wow. And we love we love our community that are on there. The yeah. people that are on there. We've we've actually met a lot of great people through there. And uh, yeah, I'll I'll probably do something um, as we head to that day. I'll probably do some things on that particular day. I think it falls on the fifth. Okay. Uh, I'll cool idea. That, so yeah, I like that. I like that idea. 
Anyways, um, yeah, yeah, lots, lots um, going on this week. Yeah, there's tons going on. But... We say that every week. Yeah, well, golf never stops. No, you know, and, and it's it's uh, you know, which is kind of indicative if you look right now of all obviously our our new back nine sponsor this week, uh, Celtic Golf Center, um, is you know. It's just one of the facilities out there too that is is pretty heavy into the indoor golf. Indoor golf is really, 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 really big. Yeah, and it's insane. I mean, I remember the old machines that we used to do it on, where they were the old party machines. Oh God! You basically you were just hitting a ball and 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 into a pitcher. Yeah, into a pitcher, and it would transfer the light would transfer like I don't know what the hell it was like crazy it was, it was bad and then and then there were the systems that had the ran the old links 365 or three 386 86, 386 yeah. machines that you used to play on your computer yeah. and they ran them and that was sort of the the first of the the yeah. real sim sim golf and and you think of it now you're standing on the tee in some of these simulators and it, you know i was out at, at andy's place at celtic golf center and i'm standing on his these sims and i'm just looking going my God! Like literally, if if you if you had one of the ones, and I mean, this would be the, the full like surround an ones, an, an, immer- an immersive screen, yeah, you'd feel like you really were on the golf course. Just the way yep. you know, yeah, it, it, you get that feeling enough as it is. But holy crap! Yeah, no, it, it's good, and I think I mentioned that last week. Uh, I think we've got to the point now. Well, you would know, of course. <laughs> no, but I've uh the amount of screen uh, golf compared to Ooh. outdoor golf uh participation. <laughs> uh, hey, I don't hit <laughs> anyways. Well, la, la, la. Um the amount of screen golf compared to outdoor golf is obviously increasing in North America. We're starting to get to a point where it's almost 50-50. We're seeing that many rounds and that much not much participation happening. Uh whereas we look at countries like uh Korea where there's more screen golf than there mm-hmm. is uh, outdoor golf and um yeah it's it's become a, <clears throat> a golf adjacent activity um and it's for a number of reasons obviously it's a proven concept now so so people yeah. know it can be successful we're going to see some markets that are you know kind of overbuilt uh, at some point mm-hmm. and there, there's going to be too much competition but um you know the cost has come down the quality of the product has gone up um familiarity with the general consumer has gone up they have more faith in the product uh, better players are more accepting now whereas you know you look at those old systems and if you're a good player you'd show up and you'd like yeah you know it was okay to go and hang out and maybe have a beer with the with the gang or whatever like that but you know it's not really very realistic um whereas now you know pretty it, realistic it, yeah it obviously you know mimics it a little bit more so um yeah but uh yeah i do agree on that, that 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 my 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 biggest fear is is oversaturation of the market because mm-hmm. essentially this is what happened to the government i mean i'll speak to the eastern ontario region which is our region and how you know pre-covid um we were saying how much um you know there's too many there was always this discussion of too many golf courses and not enough golf golfers to fill them right and that was the big deal and then you know post-covid we're kind of saying okay well you know maybe there's now not enough golf courses to satisfy or during covid i'll say where there was not enough golf courses to satisfy the demand i'd say right now we're probably right on level where we should be with the number of golfers to the number of golf courses and 
the hope obviously is that we don't trend back to the where we were before where we start saying that you know golf courses start to empty out a little bit more not enough people mm-hmm. joining and you end yeah. up with too many golf courses and not enough members well i'm hoping that with the indoor golf market that not everybody just looks at oh i'm going to open this facility mm-hmm. with a you know full service this and this and this and it's like you're you're in a market where there's already 10 others Right. I, I and, think what's and you gonna, think that just because yours is better that you're yeah. going to be busier, but that's not always the case. No. And I, I think, you know, just general business principles will have to kind of come into play there as far as, you know, service funny levels. Yeah. Funny that, um, you know, obviously knowing the exact market that's there, you know, proper marketing, proper, you know, service levels. Like there's so many things that go mm-hmm. into it. Um, yeah. It's not a matter of, you know, the one, the people that just think they'll just open the door. And, you know, the money will just come flowing in. (laughs) And and I know there's a few of those right now across Ontario. I know of some situations where, you know, there's people that are getting open that have no idea what they're doing. Um, They're making an assumption that it's a 365 day a year business, which it is not, uh, as our buddy Andy will will tell you, you know, Mm -hmm. you have about about 150 days a year um, to really make things happen. So, um, as we said, just like any business. Well, it's, um, the, golf, it's, the, it's the golf season in reverse is exactly yeah. what it is. I mean, golf courses do not have 365 days to make their money in this, in right. this climate. They yeah. have, you know, if they're lucky, they have April and they have through till October to yeah. bring in some revenue, really April to like September to really bring in some serious revenue. And then that's it. And then it's yeah. time off, which is much needed time off in, in this industry as well, because you are like, killing mm-hmm. yourself for those times. But then the simulator indoor golf sim mm-hmm. in, you know, starts up in sort of late October, early November and runs mm-hmm. through until the end of uh, the end, middle, middle of April, end of March, middle of April. And then it fizzles out. And, and it really has not much business going on. One of the advantages that I'm seeing, especially for the golf course they're doing it, and I was actually talking to uh, one of our friends who's, uh, you know, a clubhouse manager in the area, and, and we were talking about, you know, their staffing, their HR issues um, that happen. And they have so many staff that come and work at their golf club during the summer, um, you know, and then basically they go off to another job and you don't know if they're going to come back. So for mm-hmm. some of them, having the you know maybe the clubhouse open having some other amenities like the sims and so forth they're able to retain that staff year round so there's other purposes for it from a you know from a business side of it so there's definitely some advantages for for some clubs that way and and we're even seeing some clubs look to do some off-site stuff so down in Belleville, trillium wood is actually doing a place called the golf lounge yeah i saw that downtown um you know they've got a couple of track bands down there and then you know at one point or at some point they'll look to transition and probably build some sort of facility out at their their golf course to to make the the business out there but you know they've got some expertise in there it will help some of their staff to be retained sort of in the winter time they can do some other things so yeah it, it's an interesting new element to the business yeah, and 100 we've We've spent probably enough time on that today. Yep. We got a lot of other stuff we got to get to here. All right, let's talk about Q School. Um, yeah. I guess we'll start start talk. We'll talk about the um, LPGA. Um, yeah, we'll talk about the LPGA right now. Um, what's happening? Ha- what's happening, Scott, on the LPGA? Uh, yeah, Q series. Yeah, so we're uh, we're at the uh, the start. The Q series actually starts today in in Alabama, down in Mobile. Uh, golf courses were Mobile, Alabama. With. 
yeah at the uh at the crossings and i was trying, trying, trying to think what the other name of the other course was anyways we played them both we played the 36 uh when we were down there uh years ago um 104 players have made it to the the finals um there are three canadians in that q series uh, elena sharp maddie zarek and savannah gruel uh elena and, and maddie are there based on their uh they're between the 101 and 150 um at the lpga they're the uh, points for this year so that's how they're getting access uh savannah worked her way up through uh qualifying uh, to get there and she just turned pro so that's a tough go she, i think she's one of only five or six players that have made gone through every stage so uh that's, that's a, a tough go that is a grind so uh six rounds uh there's a four round cut that will come at the end of sunday um cards will be handed out on tuesday uh top 20 will advance to the lpga um and then 20 to 45 get sort of epson tour status that's the easiest way to put it everyone else beyond that does get some epson tour status but it's in a lower category uh so it doesn't mean they're guaranteed as many starts but uh good luck to the uh, the three canadians competing there in alabama and then quickly on the men's side there's seven canadians uh, they've been playing for two days now uh, in stage two. This is the last of the stage two qualifiers. There were eight originally, but David Hearn uh, withdrew before that. And I can tell you quickly that uh, like Jared Dutrois and Stuart McDonald, who are out west at the California site, they're both within the uh, the top uh, uh, 10 right now. They're actually T2, wow. T7, but um, they're going to have to be T13 and ties to advance out of there. And it's even rougher uh, when you head over to um, – uh, the site in Georgia, it's actually T12 in ties. And that's because there's a bit of fair number of players that have pulled out of the competition. So as a result of the number of spots available is a lot tougher. Uh, and over there, uh, Thomas Giroux is in that top 10 right now. And uh, Sudarshan Yelamarju from uh, Mississauga is also in the top part as well. And Jimmy Jones and Michael Gligic are not too far behind. AJ Ewart has some work to do over there. So, I mean, with those tight scoring you know a t12 or whatever you might have to be like the the one you know the top player yeah to get within it you might have to be within a couple strokes of that in those fields so it's it's going to be a tough go for those guys to get through and then uh finals will start in a couple of weeks or so and we'll see who's going to be there at that point and we'll give you updated on that cool all right the hero world challenge mm. guess who's back Back Wheels again. Out Taurus. Yay! Wheels Tiger's out back. Tell a friend. Are you Guess who's this? back? Guess <laughs> who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Mm. That's my was, Eminem. That's my Eminem uh Shady's was, back uh, rendition. I, was, I could I could bust out the whole thing. I should have wrote like a parody. I am of, so gonna of, clip. I'm so going to clip that and put that on yeah, our Insta story. <laughs> I figured that. Uh, I figured yeah. that was coming, but I don't mind. 20, 20, 20 players, 20 of the top players, obviously the host being Big Tiger field. Woods. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's it's an invite. It's a little special. Thing. I know. You know, uh, good place Bahamas, for him to come back. But... Albany. Yeah. Easy walking, so forth. Um, thoughts i mean tiger did his presser on tuesday i heard it i i, I listened to his presser i, I was to, actually yeah. i listened to the whole thing i listened to everything that wow. he had to say about everything yeah no i was pretty impressed with uh All you know right. even the, the, you know as far as his game goes yeah. i mean dude's realist i mean he's a realist yeah. he's 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 honest he's he um he never really plays be. a tournament that he doesn't think he feel like he can win right 
regardless of whether he realistically thinks his game is in a position where he can win, yeah. Um, you know, and they ask him, you know, if he thinks he's thinks he can win, it's yes. I mean, it's a field of twenty players. I mean, he so did I, he he did win this one before. He's won it five times. So I mean, um, I did a poll. You did a poll. Whether Tiger will finish in the top half or bottom half, right? What do you think? It. Uh, what I think most people thought he'd finish in the bottom half. Yeah, sixty-seven percent in the bottom half. I I clicked. The, I did. Uh, I, I did you, the you, you're I in the poll. Nice. I I said he was going to be in the top <laughs> half, and I stand by that. I. You know what? I I wouldn't be surprised by it for sure. I mean, uh, it's only twenty players. I mean, he's only got to beat ten guys. Yeah, and I mean, ten other guys can be playing poorly or have out for too many drinks in the Bahamas. I mean, uh, it's a it's a casual type Mojitos. event or whatever. <laughs> could, could, <laughs> could be. Uh, what's your thoughts on how Tiger looked? Did, did you see some uh, some swings? Saw some of the swings. I mean, I mean, the swing looks fine. I mean, the swing looks. Um, I mean, it, it, the swings that I saw, you don't see that. You don't see the raw power in the swing. Like, yeah, like you used to like that they. You don't right. see that the the speed of the swing as much, yeah. But I mean that's that's normal. But he still yeah. hits it. I mean he's still hitting it great. Yeah. Um. I, I don't know. Things look pretty good to me. I'm not the I'm not the golf pro, and nor do I analyze his his. You know, the big thing obviously this is his ankle. Um, mm-hmm. was a big issue here. So yeah, you know, um, I, I I think he looks pretty good overall like you said doesn't doesn't have the speed as much um big difference too between some of the clips that maybe we saw in the range and then uh i actually saw this morning uh some clips taken by uh, a lady who um used to uh, play on the let tour who actually was walking with him during the pro-am yesterday Mm -hmm. and there was a one swing with the wedge that actually looked really really good like i was shocked of the speed within it and how it looked, um, you know, reportedly, you know, he, he was probably even par yesterday, two bogeys, two birdies, obviously it's just a pro-am. So he just, you know, conserving energy and, and kind of batting it around. But, um, you know, if he gets that putter going, you know, who knows? So, uh, you know, again, we go back to what we talked about, you know, the last couple of weeks, not putting big expectations on this guy. The fact that he's there, fabulous i mean they're gonna have more yeah, eyeballs sure. on this than they've they ever have or ever you know haven't had in, in years um nobody but... moves the needle like tiger woods oh, i mean God, that's so no. the bottom line is no. it, it is is for all of the great golfers that are out there yeah um and we've talked about this before about you know the the level of parity in in professional mm-hmm. golf right now um tiger shows up to play whether he's oh. capable of winning or not it yeah. it tickets sell out Everybody's mm-hmm. going to tune in. It'll get it'll get more more TV time, more like more TV audience than a than a football game. Like it just it, yeah. it's just it's Tiger Woods. So and especially with in the nature of him coming back, it's, yeah. it's that much you know that much bigger. I did yeah. like the fact that he said um, that he hopes to play uh, probably once a month. Um, yeah. I thought that was good. I mean, obviously. That aligns with all the majors and the, and the players' championship. I mm-hmm. mean, there's a natural schedule that's there now, but you know that that tells us that you know he's obviously probably probably trying to play in all the majors next year. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean that's that's promising as far as his intent. He he knows what he he sort of wants to do, and uh, it, it. What's weird about this is that you know we're getting all these extra chances to get to see him, mm-hmm. right? 
you know, obviously coming back in 2019 and then other times coming back, we never know what's going to happen. Um, you know, obviously the two starts uh, earlier in the year here, which didn't really work out too well, especially, you know, kind of at the, the masters where he had to withdraw. But um, I, I think I'm feeling more and more, um, Mel oh, melancholy uh feel feeling more and more um i don't know how to how to put it just nostalgic i guess about him playing yeah and, and actually him coming back and playing now me started to make me think about the first time i got to see him play live back in the old disney tournament and being down in orlando and you know having to be three holes ahead to be able to see yeah. you know, the crowd or, or being on the range and all of a sudden, you know, tiger leaves and all the grandstands empty out and everybody yeah. else, everybody, I still remember David Duvall just standing there going, where'd everyone go? <laughs> you know, cause everybody's gone and jetted out there and, and you're right. You know, he just, he just moves the needle and yeah. you know it's going to put a lot of eyeballs on here, but you know, yeah. you hear him talking more and more about his, his legacy and uh, things, why he's there and why it's important for his foundation and all these different things. And, you know, he's definitely saying all the right things, but I, I, I like you, I, I like the fact that he's being very honest about what his expectations are. Um, you know, the fact that he said he doesn't know what to expect either as far as, you know, he hasn't put a, a pencil to paper. Um, but yeah, we can just sit back and enjoy it. And I know a lot of eyeballs are going to be glued to the TVs today and over the next uh, three days, because obviously no cut. Well, I don't know what, and I don't, you know, we, we can talk, we'll talk about this more next week, obviously, after it happens. But sure. I don't know if what he's doing by getting more involved in the PGA tour and, and particularly the board, um, mm -hmm. if he's trying to put, if he's truly trying to help um, mold where the game is going, where the tour is going and to, to kind of keep the, the stupidity from happening um, or if it's an ego thing, I haven't quite decided for myself whether he's doing it because he's tiger woods and, mm. and this is what he wants to do. Or if he truly, truly feels that, that he can, fix by being connected with it in that at that level mm -hmm. that he can stop the crap from happening make sure that it happens the way it should happen so that it's all good for the tour and for the players so far it sounds like that's the way it's going and time will tell if if his because rory was heavily involved too and rory kind of you know did a lot of good things but rory also made a bit of a mess of things with you yeah know. but rory's as as tiger you know said rory was still trying to play the game at the highest level and do it and that's really hard to do whereas yeah. tiger's got more time to do other things and i think at 47 there's a maturity about tiger where you know it is less about ego that's never going to go away as his presence and, and no 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 and nor and should it, it. And, and what and what it's like but i think he realizes that you know if he can use that needle that we're talking about to help guide things and you know he's going to get the attention of the boardrooms and everything else more than any other player can yeah. i think it's super important that he's involved there and and to make things happen that you know shouldn't happen um because it doesn't involve the players and i and that's what's his biggest emphasis is is trying to you know keep it from the boardroom really controlling things right uh -huh. the, the people outside the game and more of the actual players themselves are having the voice 
in shaping the tour in the future. And, you know, players are obviously very much more open about going to him and and saying, here's what we want and here's what we need. And here's what we hope to see um, versus those players maybe going to the executives or bureaucrats within the organization. So. Okay. Enough about the hero challenge in Tiger Woods. We'll have plenty of time to talk about him next week again. Oh yeah. Uh, Let's talk about the NCAA D1 uh, men's golf event announced for 2024 in Canada. Scott, uh, we got a bunch of stuff to get through in about seven or eight minutes to get through it before we want to take our break. So, yeah. So this was actually announced by uh, golf Canada yesterday. It's been being put together for a little while here. Um, It's kind of a twofold. So uh, golf Canada is going to conduct it. They're going to be the, the host. It's going to happen in Ovenbird uh, next September in Matier, Ontario. Um, It's actually co-hosted by Kent state and Penn state. Uh, So this is a men's event. Uh, Kent state, obviously their head coach is is John Mills, Canadian uh, over at at Penn state. Um, uh, Mr. Leon is uh, the uh, coach over there. So we've got two Canadian, that are uh, the head coaches of these programs and then they're going to involve teams at uh, u.s teams that obviously have a canadian connection a lot of canadian players uh coaches so forth you know let notre dame rutgers for an example um you know they're they're all involved here uh and then they also have a spot for the top men's team from the canadian college and university championships which is really really cool um so that's something for those teams to play for uh come may and then uh the other benefits from this obviously you know there's ncaa tournament points and stuff like that uh the champion of the tournament gets a spot in the 2025 rbc canadian open top five players will get a spot in the canadian men's amateur and then the next gen boys selection team will be held concurrently at the same time so that's going to give an opportunity for those players to see these players in action and also expose them to all those coaches as well at the same time that are going to be able to see them so um cool news there uh look as well for uh, a possible women's event uh, and some other enhancements to the uh, women's amateur schedule as well that's comes from kevin blue probably try to get Kevin uh, on the show here for an interview at some point and talking about this, but uh, nice, nice little uh, get for, for Canada to, to have that event. Cool. All right. And the Ryder cup, Luke Donald, and this is a little bit unprecedented. Uh, is, is it? Yeah, not? it doesn't happen. Uh, it's happened before, but it doesn't happen too often. It used to happen more. So Luke Donald has been given two more years as the, uh, um, the captain of the European uh, team, Ryder cup team. Yep. Um, that will be held at uh, the next Ryder Cup will be held at Beth Page Black. Yep. Um, and uh, Luke Donald's given two more years. So he's back as the coach or the uh, captain, captain of the yep. uh, European team. Um, it's good. I, I mean, I continuity. I mean, yeah, guy, it's a winning. It's a win. I mean, do you bring the coach? Do you bring the coach back after winning the Stanley Cup? Sure. If, if you win, you win. I mean, unless there's yeah. a rule that says that it has to be a different person every two years. No. Why wouldn't no. you bring them back for there's another? No. Yeah. You know, I, I, th- I think it's a great job by them. I mean, th- there's some continuity there as far as leading into Beth Page, which is going to be a very different situation than Italy. Uh, going to be a lot more contentious, obviously, with the American fans and, and dealing with it. Um, you, you don't have to do something new. You've got something that's already established. So um, mm-hmm. he already knows what the process is like. He can just kind of smoothly run into that. The fact that they named it right now, that, that makes it easier as well. They can get that process going right away. Um, the players know who that captain is. They trust and respect him. He's also respected as well by the American side too. So um, you know, kind of that's important. So brilliant move by them and, and, uh, and why not? So, okay, cool. All right. Uh, the, uh, CPK, CPKC, yep. um, 
we're expecting uh, we're expecting a long-term deal to be announced with uh, with um, this uh, this tournament very soon. Yeah, so uh, a lot of people are wondering, you know, where things stand with that tournament, and obviously their sponsorships and so forth. Uh, indications uh, from Lawrence Applebaum at Golf Canada is that they have a long-term deal in the works uh, that they would expect to be uh, announced quite soon. So I heard that. Uh, I forgot to mention it. Actually, I heard it last week uh, from Lawrence uh, during the State of the uh, Industry uh, GJAC seminar, and uh, I forgot. I wanted to pass that on to make sure the public knew that as well. So that's. that's that's, okay. that's great for that event. So you're allowed to forget stuff once in a while. Yeah, I am 53. <laughs> yeah, well, don't remind me. Um, the PGF Canada is uh, coming to Ottawa and hosting their education conference uh, right here at the Shadow Laurier. Um, yeah. And you uh, you mentioned that you're planning to stop by and uh, uh, catch up with some people and see some of the speakers. So um, yeah, uh, I'm sure that'll be a great event uh, uh, this weekend. Yeah, uh, it starts uh, tomorrow, and uh, they've got some great keynote speakers. Uh, Mark Blackburn's in there, uh, Lou Stagner, a few other ones. I've got a lot of stuff going on. Wife's birthday. Happy birthday, Michelle. Um, <laughs> so uh, I won't be able to catch all of it, but uh, hoping to stop in there for a little bit uh, on Saturday, catch some of the speakers, catch up with some of the uh, PGA of Canada colleagues, and uh, we'll go from there. So uh, good luck to everybody that's coming into Ottawa, and, and, uh, and welcome. Yes, welcome to Ottawa. Um, okay, we got to take a break, um, and when we come back, we're going to uh, we're going to go to the interview that you did with uh, Canadian veteran Dan Marsh, and he's going to talk about his experience in the new uh, or the uh, in the Caddy School for Soldiers program. Um, so that'll be uh, right up after we take this break. Uh, you are listening to the Flagstick Podcast with Jeff Botter and Scott McLeod. Stay right there. The Canadian Pro Shop Online has all the best gear for Canadian golfers, amazing prices on all the top brands in one place. The latest drivers, irons, putters, and more, the Canadian Pro Shop Online is the best gear to help you play your best golf. Shop online today at CanadianProShopOnline.com. All right, everybody, we're back here at the Flagstick Podcast with uh, myself, Jeff Botter, and Scott McLeod. And uh, as promised, uh, and as we will continue to do on many episodes of the podcast over the uh, foreseeable future, uh, mm -hmm. is uh, do some interviews, bring in some guests so that it's um, less of us and more of other people. Hey, there's <laughs> so some great... I don't know. Well, less of me and more of other people because even <laughs> when we do an interview, you still get more of this guy. So I know, but the uh... thing is, there's so many great stories and, and yes. people that we run across and things that are out there. And, you know, that's part of our mission here as well is to share some of those stories. And, you know, sometimes there's things that just don't get the publicity because they don't hit the marks as far as, you know, PGA Well, these are the things that we used tour. to do with mm -hmm. the print version of the magazine these are the kinds of golf human interest type stories profiles and things that we used to do all the time in the magazine yeah. that we obviously aren't doing right now or can't do right now we can do them online but there's a there's a sort of you know there's a difference when you can sit down and interview and and verbally as opposed to yeah. translating it into words yeah actually listening to the person or seeing the person in some cases talk about what it is that we're there to yeah. discuss so it's, it's much cooler i think it's much cooler but yeah. that said um you did an interview with uh with uh, uh dan marsh um yeah. and uh he is a uh a vet a veteran canadian yeah. veteran and he uh, participated in the canadian golf or canadian caddy school for soldiers 
Yeah, so it's uh, a caddy school for soldiers. Caddy school actually, for soldiers. Sorry, it's um, not just Canadian. It's it's basically from all over the place. But we'll get to that. So. Yeah. So why don't you just set up this interview and then we'll get to it. But set up the what this yeah. interview is all about for everybody. Yeah. So as you mentioned, Dan Marsh is a uh, Canadian uh, military veteran. Uh, neat background, which we'll we'll get to there as well. Um, has some ties, obviously, into golf, and that led him, you know, post military to kind of looking for some some different things to fill in his life. And uh, he came upon uh, this caddy school for veterans, had an opportunity to get involved. And not only did he get involved and be able to go and do the training, uh, he got to go and do some real life stuff down at uh, Cabot Cape Breton, where we nice. crossed paths a little bit virtually. Unfortunately, we didn't get to see each other in person when I was down there. But uh, we don't mention it in this, but he's a huge fan of me and my golf, uh, Andy Proudman and, and and Piers. And while I was on the the Nest uh, golf course down there, uh, I was messaging back and forth with Dan and Dan said, hey, do you know where those guys are? And I'm like, yeah, they're right here with me right now. And we were able to do a, uh, I was going to do a selfie and, and pass that on, but they ended up just saying, hey, put it on video and we'll record a video for Dan. So they recorded a video for, for Dan saying, hey, Dan, come down down here you hear and he ended up running into them the next day so we don't get that into the podcast but this guy's a huge golf nut and you know it's important to him to have golf in his life for particular reasons and you'll find out and being involved in this caddy program is pretty special and for those who haven't heard about the caddy program uh you're going to hear about it now from uh, dan marsh so uh sit back and enjoy this interview uh with dan marsh all right, I just want to make sure that people know that we're on the back nine of the Flagstick Podcast right now, and the back nine obviously is presented by a brand new sponsor this week for this uh, for this next little while, uh, Celtic Golf Center, and our good buddy Andy McWilliams at the Celtic Golf Center, located only 20 minutes from Ottawa in Kempville. Uh, Celtic Golf Center is indoor golf on another level, featuring five state-of-the-art TrackMan simulators and two new Unicore simulators with GS Pro. Celtic Golf Center can can offer over 10,000 golf course options, including many major courses and some with island greens and beautiful azaleas. Play rounds with your friends, practice with full swing analysis, or play golf games. Visit CelticGolfCenter.ca to learn more or to book tee times. And with that... Let's take this back nine to another level in this interview, Scott McLeod with Dan Marsh here on the Flagstick Podcast. All right, we want to welcome back to the podcast somebody who's been on before uh, talking in a whole different element, but uh, today we're just talking about uh, him and what he's been up to, and I think people are going to find it really interesting. Uh, Dan Marsh, uh, welcome back. Thank you very much for having me. Um, let's start a little bit with an introduction, uh, kind of let people know who you are and we're going to get to a really cool story. One that I think is uh, pretty powerful, but, uh, you know, why don't you give us the rundown a little bit, uh, where you're from and then uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, sure. Um, so a bit of a, a crazy background story, I suppose. Uh, I'm originally from Montreal. I grew up in Hong Kong. I spent about 10 years there until I graduated uh, high school and moved to Victoria, British Columbia. Uh, attempted to get through university and kinesiology there and uh, decided that wasn't going the way I wanted it to. So I ended up joining the army in 2005. And I was a part of the uh, Princess Patricia Canadian Light Infantry Regiment for a number of years. Did a deployment in Afghanistan. Uh, on my way back from Afghanistan, I learned of a new special forces unit, which I applied to and was uh, um, 
selected for. And uh, I was there until 2016, uh, at which point I retired um, from a, a number of injuries, PTSD, uh, hips, knees, that sort of stuff, and moved to Ottawa. So I've been in Ottawa since 2016, just kind of floating around. I'm now technically fully retired. Um, and uh, I got into uh, kind of just golf stuff afterwards you know once I kind of really <laughs> kind of got golf. into golf stuff well honestly it's funny because I've been playing golf for I don't know 20 odd years I shouldn't say playing golf I was trying to play golf for like sure. about we're all years. we're all trying to play golf that's the reality <laughs> exactly. of it right it doesn't matter how good you are yeah exactly and I I'd, I'd sort of put the clubs away for uh, a while and it was I was working at um a a, a local gym called Mavadi and I was you know I became good friends with my buddy Mike Germain and uh, he kind of re reignited my golf passion and you know of course all the swear words that go with it expectations <laughs> are always dramatically higher than uh, and and how deep was it, how deep was that golf passion I mean you say you started like twenty years ago but I mean were you somebody you played a couple times a year or you were you like the all out I've got to play all the time let me let me know what the scope of that passion okay. is okay so i mean it all kind of started when i was like i don't know probably around 13 14 <laughs> okay i remember playing in uh i think it was deer run out in um out in the muskoka area and uh i remember playing with like my aunt and my, my, my uncles my dad my dad i think it was his first time playing and i remember walking like along the line of one of my uncles who was like a really serious golfer and he of course snaps and yells at me i'm like i don't even know what i'm doing wrong <laughs> so that was sort of the start of my golf journey and when i when i moved to victoria uh around about 17 18 one of the things i used to do with my now deceased granddad was go out and play like three four days a week just to spend time with my granddad right and sure. there's you know, the little chip and chip and putts and you know par threes that sort of stuff and every once in a while we get onto an 18 hole golf course and you know i'm a very i was a competitive athlete for a number of years i played international rugby at a junior level um out of hong kong so you know, <laughs> take that for <laughs> take that for uh what you want um and so that's sort of where i started developing my passion because my dad got right into it and it, it would become a thing where when i would see my parents because they were still living abroad um we go play golf and, you know, the, you know, my buddies would get into it and we'd all kind of play, but it was very much hack golf sure. and it continued to be hack golf up until, uh, you know, I joined the military and I really didn't play much in the military. Um, and it wasn't again until I got out. So we're looking at almost 11, 12 years of a break, really, you know, playing once or twice a year. Um, but I loved it. I, I really mm -hmm. enjoyed playing golf. Was it, was it a game that was always kind of on the back of your mind a little bit, even when you're doing a lot of other things? Was it, was it that, that case for you or not? No, so no, not at all. It was, it was just something I kind of enjoyed doing and, you know, thought I was good at it. <laughs> really, really turned out that I was pretty terrible at it. Um, but uh, when I, when I started getting back into it at Mavadi, uh, one of the other trainers who had come over from another location had brought a TPI screen. And so we'd all, for, for your listeners who aren't quite familiar with TPI, it's the Titleist Performance Institute. And I'd never heard of them before. And so, you know, I, I was sort of sitting there, okay, well, how can I get new clients using this? Because I like golf. I go play sure. with now. And so we, I tried to like 
you know, hack my way through TPI, not knowing anything about what I was actually doing. And so one day I was like, I was like, you know what? I, I got to like, I got to look up this TPI thing. I got to find out what it is I'm missing here. So it just so happened that TPI level one was being run in Toronto and it was the first time it had been run in Canada in like two years. And this is 2017. So uh, right up before COVID basically. And I, I got certified TPI level one. I got certified level two TPI in uh, in the fitness world. So I started, you know, I, I started my own golf fitness business for a while. And I, and then that's when I really just went down the rabbit hole. I was, you know, I need more information, everything <laughs> at like pay vests and, you know, swing monitors and everything I could figure out. Cause I just wanted to know how to improve my own game. You're, de so, you're describing the last 30 years of my life. But <laughs> exactly. Right. It's, it's, I guess it's not all that, uh, that an uncommon path, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, as soon as I sort of went down that, uh, I, I, I became known in my circles as the golf guy. Um, and, uh, you know, my last two years, you know, have been pretty tough, uh, on the mental health and, and, and everything. Um, and, and yeah, so that's sort of been, you know, my refuge, mm -hmm. uh, now that I'm in retirement and, and so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm deathly passionate about it. Um, I don't love watching it as much. Sure. But playing it, being outside, being part of it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So, so, I mean, explain that to me. I mean, we've, we've had, you know, lots of different friends and stuff on, on, the, you know, the podcast in the, in the, in the past, Tom Martin. I don't know if you know, Tommy uh, down in Kingston here, uh, a veteran who, you know, unfortunately uh, was shot when he was in Kosovo by a sniper. And, you know, he explained a lot about what it did for him, uh, especially when he was paralyzed for a couple of years and, and, you know, mentally what it did for him. What, is, what's the special bond for you um that that makes it sort of stand out and makes it sort of we'll call it therapeutic uh i i honestly i think there's a lot of uh things about golf that that helps i mean number one you're outside number two you're getting exercise there's a mission if you like you know the mission is to get around 18 holes the lowest score possible um and I'm a very social person by nature, but I have a hard time with that nowadays. And so when I'm out on a golf course, I'm often going on my own. I get paired up with a, a twosome or a threesome and I, and I meet new people and it's four hours of just, you know, jokes and smokes and, and hanging out and talking golf. And, and, and so it, it's, it, it gets me away from the day to day uh suck if you sure like. yeah the thoughts that are not so great yeah exactly yeah. and so it, it it really is just a, a wonderful way to uh explore healthier options for me which isn't just going to the gym listening to loud music and pumping iron <laughs> sure i find boring anyway <laughs> you know? so. so let's see where that takes you obviously it, it evolves you know you're playing a fair bit um, there's a special program that you're involved in and I'll let you explain it, but how did it come about for you? What was the attraction? And, um, yeah, just take us there. So the, the program you're referring to is the Caddy School for Soldiers, I imagine. Correct. That was, uh, brought to my attention about a year and a half ago, uh, by a good friend of mine, Nick Kerr, who is still in the forces he does amazing amount of volunteer work, uh, uh, helps a lot of veterans get connected with 
different programs and uh, you know, if they need a medal or they, they, he just really goes out of his way to help people out. Yeah. Uh, and he, and he told me about this program and I was like, Oh my gosh, I've, I've got to know more about it. And at the time they were only, uh, the caddy school is only running one uh, program a year. Right. Okay. And, and, and their mission is to save veterans lives. And I'll get into that in a minute, but what they do is they take two Canadian, two American and two uh, British uh, veterans and they fly them out to St. Andrews, Scotland, where they have uh, their own uh, lodging and we're literally a 15 minute walk from door to door from the clubhouse to the to the, the house in St. Andrews, where we learn how to be professional everyday caddies. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll share one quick story. We had an SAS guy come in to the house because the house is actually brand new. We were the first class to go through okay. program with this new house, which was sponsored by the uh, Kohler Industries. Wonderful. Uh, and this, so this guy, you know, he wanted to kind of come out and check out the new digs. And uh, he walks in and he says, boys, I want to tell you something. He, and he was on the cereal right before me. So he was on the March cereal. I was on the May cereal of 2023. And, uh, and he looks at me, he says, boys, three months ago, I was living out of my car. I was estranged from my wife. I couldn't see my daughter. I had no job. I wanted to kill myself, right? Big, huge Hulkin SAS special forces operator, right? You know, cream of the crop. Yeah. And that's where his headspace was at. Yeah. And he looks at me, he said, and we're to us. And he looks at me, he goes, guys, that was three months ago. Now I have a job. I have a house, I have a car, I can see my daughter and my life has turned 180 degrees around and I'm loving life. That's awesome. So when I, when I heard that story and I heard that passion, I mean, obviously it fuels me moving forward to help other veterans, but you know, just to see the power of the, the camaraderie of, you know, military members from all walks of life, from different nations coming together with that shared goal of, Let's learn how to be caddies. And, you know, it, there's some suck involved, obviously. You got to carry up, you got to hump a bag. And the, and the course one, of course, is the only course that is not a true Lynx course in St. Andrews. It was, sounds, uh, like, sounds like the Dukes. It is the Dukes. You're, <laughs> you're absolutely at the Dukes. Uh, and the Dukes side course, the Dukes course is absolutely fantastic. They are uh, a truly tremendous organization that really uh, go above and beyond to facilitate our program. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, I mean, honestly, as I said to the mentors there, I hadn't had that many laughs and that many good times and that kind of yeah. come off my shoulders in years. I just felt like a brand new person. Yeah. I, I should interject here. I mean, people maybe don't realize if they're not involved with the, you know, the kind of military community, um, you know, I come from a military family and it's very difficult, uh, when people make a transition from military life, whether they're serving overseas or otherwise, they're used to certain regimented certain things. And you're sort of, you know, you're in your own community. So unfortunately, when you transition out to, you know, civilian life, sometimes very difficult to find, you know, ways to attach yourself to real life, as we'll call it. Uh, and it's a real challenge. That's why I think some of these programs are super, super special. And, you know, they make a, a big difference in, in people's lives, for sure. Thousand percent. I mean, I think the one word I've been sort of beating the drum to is community since I've been home, because even here in Ottawa, I've been here seven going seven odd years now. And you know, I still don't have the community I would love to have. Right. right. 
and you know i found it instantaneously in scotland uh and then further to that i found it instantaneously in in cape breton at cabot uh cliffs and cabot links because we have a bunch of guys that have graduated from that program that come on and and work as caddies uh in in cape breton there so so take um, us through that transition, how you go for the caddy school and all of a sudden you find your way to Cape Breton. I mean, did you kind of have an idea what was going to happen after you went to the caddy school, what you were going to do with it, where you were going to go? I mean, were you just come back to Ottawa and try to find a random bag someplace? But um, <laughs> take us through that transition if you could. Yeah, well, I mean, the, 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 the terrible thing about, you know, golf courses in Canada is there doesn't seem to be that much of a demand for caddies. Sadly. It's not quite the same as in the states and, and elsewhere um you know as much as i'd love to take credit for paving the way uh you know there have been a number like i said a number of uh, uh veterans that have already come through the program and now work at cabot um so there was a door that was already opened and 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 cabot has been incredible with helping to facilitate um bringing on veterans i think they're uh you know, I, I don't want to speak for Cabot by any means, but I think sure, they yeah, no uh, appreciate having the veterans there and help, helping to give back to the veteran community. And I think that's, you know, probably true. I can't, again, speak for Cabot, but probably true for what's happening down in uh, Citrus Farms and what's going to be happening in Revelstoke, et cetera. So, uh, you know, those doors were already open by guys like Luke Sear, uh, by guys like Sean Sutherland, who uh, are both heavily involved with the Caddy School and you know, they've just done tremendous work opening doors for guys like me. So when I graduated, yeah, I mean, obviously, first thing I was like, yeah, I totally want to go to Cabot, this, that, the next thing. And then, of course, uh, you know, the last 10 days of my trip to Scotland, I brought my wife over uh, and we were, you know, trying to have a kid and wasn't really going too well. And sure enough, uh, she gets knocked up in Scotland. So, <laughs> so so my immediate return to Canada was, oh, we're going to have a kid. Yeah. And so I was, I didn't actually think I was going to be able to go caddying this year, but um, uh, bless my wife. She is a, a, just the most supportive partner. Uh, she's like, you know, I, I framed it as a, a fact finding mission. What's it like going out there? You know, how expensive is rent? You're like every golfer trying to sell it to <laughs> any spouse. Yeah. Right. You know, whatever I can do. Right. So no, but she, no, she really, she truly was, um, you know, so supportive and so helpful in letting me go. Um, because obviously we, you know, she's now six months pregnant. And so, you know, for a, a good month that I was in Cabot, you know, she's going through the morning sickness, she's dealing with the dogs and dealing with the house. And, you know, it was not the at you. time for her. <laughs> Here I am gallivanting over to Cape Breton, having the time of my life and, you know, a little unfair for her, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, but, uh, you know, it, it really was also a fact-finding mission. Like I went there, we almost bought a house down there. Um, you know, wanted to know, and 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 I was there same time you were. So it was, uh, you know, late September, you know, you know, late August, September, October type time. And you know, at that time of the year, a lot of lot less people are coming in. The right. prices are coming down, and and so and and I'm new to Cabot, so I'm not getting all the double bag carries and double loops and this, that, the next thing. So, you know, the money was round about what I expected it to be for that time of year. But um, yeah, so it was, it was a bit of a, um, 
a, a bit of a flash in the pan. Like I had a, one of the guys I graduated the school with was caddying over the summer there. Okay. And he, we're dying for caddies. Come on out. You'll be working right away. So I was like, babe, I'm leaving next week. And, uh, and, and so I jumped in the car, drove for two days, got to Cabot. And sure enough, two to two days later, I was, uh, looping on the course. So what were, what were your first impressions? I mean, I, I always like to hear that from people. And that's one of the best parts I think of, of going to a place like Cabot for me is seeing the place again through the eyes of people seeing it for the very first time. And, you know, uh, yeah. what were your thoughts as you drove into town there? Uh, it's small. Very, very, very small. And I was a little shocked because, you know, you, you kind of have expectations in your head that it's going to be a major tourist destination and, and all these things. And you get there and there's like one grocery store, one gas station, you know, like 10 bars, which is great. Um, <laughs> but uh, the course itself was, you know, just spectacular right out of the gate. I was just humbled by how beautiful it was. And I think my my first loop was the week before hurricane lee oh boy i think my fourth loop was during hurricane lee so and 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 the funny thing is i'll tell you this and i actually take a lot of pride in this because i had one long bomber we were we were on the cliffs and uh you know those 16th hole there the, 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 the yep. hole right and this guy had been hitting from the tips all day long in hurricane force winds and you know from the tips i think it was 170 yards 175 yards give or take some around there yeah looks about 400 if you're playing into the wind yeah like tiny little tiny little landing spots and this that next thing and and uh this guy had been hitting sort of 300 yards all day and and i look at him i'm like all right so you want to you want to go from back here and he's like yeah i was like i was like right on you know players come to play and uh so we we talk about it and i'm like i think you need to take your two iron out <laughs> And sure enough, he's like, yeah, I agree with that. So he takes his two iron out and absolutely flushes it just dead straight right over the cliffs and puts it right on the, the green, right in the green side bunker, about five feet from the pin. Wow. Like, I'm good. I'm done. I have peaked. <laughs> it can't get much better than this. Right? Yeah. Um, I think on my very first two loops, I watched two guys lip out for hole in ones. I never actually got to see the hole in one from a player, but uh, no, I mean, so, you know, to answer your question a little bit more thoroughly, it didn't really matter what the weather was doing. Right. It was always beautiful. You know, it was just always stunning somehow, like whether there was rays coming out of the clouds or you know, black clouds on one side of the course and beautiful sun on the other or the ocean pounding or it just didn't matter. It just seemed like this is a place I want to be all the time. Yeah, I, I was funny because when I was uh, down there and uh, there was a, a, a person who works for uh, Adidas and she's like, this is the church of golf is what she said. And, and she, you know, she said she didn't get a chance to play when she was down there, but she's like, you know, it's not really golf. It's more like a religious experience when you're kind of out there. And I mean, I know there's other places like that in the world for golf, but you know, we're blessed obviously have that here in Canada. Did you feel somewhat that way as far as spiritual a little bit? Uh, you know what? I mean, I don't know if I would have ever framed it that way, but now that you've said it, um, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, I had a number of golfers who, uh, and I'm sure as you know, there's a lot of big money that comes to Cabot, sure. you know, so a lot of the, that big money gets to go to other great golf courses and almost unanimously, they all were, especially the cliffs. They're all just like, yep, this is either first, second or third best golf course I've ever played. And they're comparing it to all the staples, right? Like right. 
whether it's Pebble Beach or, um, you know, Augusta or whatever, they're just like, this place is just spectacular. I mean, where else do you go and get par five, as I like to call, um, uh infinity fairways <laughs> yes, not, into not infinity greens infinity fairways right <laughs> infinity yeah. fairways, right yeah. they're just oh that fairway is just going off into the ocean distance right yeah. um you know every single hole just always had something you know if you're pin seeking you're in trouble you know it's it, it's just such a beautiful technical forgiving spiritual golf pl- at, at any time while you're walking and caddying i mean i know i find myself doing that when i'm playing there but you know when you're caddying did you ever find some moments where you're just kind of stood there and went how did i get here all the time all the time i i took so many pictures i have one picture it's just my absolute favorite and it was actually not even of me it was of my fellow caddy and we're walking down uh to the 18th tee deck and I, I just sort of stopped behind him and I took a picture and you can see the whole coastline running from the cliffs all the way down to the links. And, you know, the sun was sort of setting and it was just this beautiful picture, no filter required. And <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it's been my, 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 my backdrop on Facebook ever since. I just love it. And did you get to play a little bit while you're down there? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Although, although, it's funny because the first week I got there, you know, I was like, yeah, okay. You know, for me, it was like 10 bucks to go and play. Sure, so, yeah. you know, I'm like, you know, I go play the the cliffs and, and uh, I get through like the 10th hole because, you know, that's where the, the turn is. And I was like, ah, you know, I'm kind of done. I was playing on my own and, you know, I was tired. So I was like, oh, I'll come back to this. I never got to play the back nine of the cliffs. No, never got to play it. I was so upset. <laughs> so... So I have to go back and obviously go and play the back nine of the cliffs at some point, but uh, um, no, but I played the links uh, probably five or six times. I played uh, up at uh, the nest four or five times. um, And, you know, for only being there for three weeks, I felt like that was not the worst. So yeah, that's, that's that's pretty good. So what's the plan now for you and and, and caddying? I mean, you know, it's come into your life. It's now part of your life. Uh, is it a chapter where you're just saying, okay, that was great, or is it something that will continue and kind of in what capacity? No, absolutely. Um, I think there's a, a number of capacities that I'm looking at. Uh, number one, obviously, is going back to Cabot at some point. Um, hoping next fall, depending on you know how fatherhood looks on me. Of course. Sure, yeah, exactly. So yeah. I'm, gonna have, I'm gonna have a four month old at that point. So we'll see how it goes next fall. But I think the year after is certainly a year I'm I'm looking at to go back mainly because, you know, my wife is taking 18 months off. She really wants to spend a lot of time with the family and 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 you know the the initial years of of our son's life. And and so uh you know that'll take a little extra extra cash in the pocket so yep. I, I think we're looking at potentially certainly going for a little bit more time uh summer of 2025 um but in addition to that i'm also getting more and more involved with the caddy school as well so uh they are looking at having me come on as a mentor when time suits and uh, i'm also in the process of running a golf tournament in ottawa uh okay. and i'm hoping for that to be annual in august and that's to raise money for the caddy school for soldiers and also other veteran organizations such as warrior adventure canada to really help get these programs onto the map for veterans who are coming out of the forces and in the same position as me going what now what's next yeah 
having that lost sense of feeling and no community and whatever else. So I really want to hammer down on on helping other guys get to places like Cabot. So that's sort of where I see myself going in the next few years. Yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty amazing. I mean, um, you know, obviously you're sharing your story, which is great. And I'm sure there's, uh, you know, similar stories among the other uh, veterans that are able to take part in this program. I think it's super, super special. Uh, hopefully we can get you back on here even to talk more details as well of the uh, tournament when when you get that going obviously we'll we'll uh help publicize that as well you know great program i would love that yeah what you guys, you, you guys should come on out well we should uh you're invited get, get me the details and i'll be there um Absolutely. one last one last question for you um overall what's your your takeaway last feeling thought about uh spending time as a caddy uh in a place like cabot Oh, wow. Um, you know, I think whether you are, you know, young, um, you know, in, you know, 17, 18, 19, 20, and you're looking for a summer job and you're into golf, go do it. Uh, there are places to rent, not easy to find, but there are places to rent. Um, if you're a veteran and you're looking for something to do, this is heaven. It couldn't be better. And and honestly, you know, that whole part of Cape Breton is like being in the highlands of Scotland. It truly is. It's it's stunningly beautiful. There's great seafood. The people are so warm and kind. Um, the exercise is fantastic. The people are great. I never met one, you know, snooty, uptight golfer. You know, they're they're there to have fun. And by extension, you go out and you just have fun. So, you know, I uh, you know, I think caddying should be more of a staple here in Canada personally. And I would love to see uh, that profession grow here. And if people do ask do you, do you mind if they reach out to you maybe about the the program, especially if they're a veteran as well? Oh, absolutely. If, if anybody wants to reach out and know more about the Caddy School for Soldiers or what it's like cab uh, caddying at Cabot, or if they want to travel down South to, uh, to try their lucky caddying. Um, yeah. I'd be happy to answer any of those questions, especially for the veteran. Well, there you go. That was awesome. Uh, cool. What a very interesting guy. Um, yeah. And uh, I can't see how anybody wouldn't have enjoyed that, uh, uh, that interview. Yeah. Um, thank you very much to, uh, to Dan for doing that with you and, and bringing that to our audience. Uh, so. Yeah. Um, and as he mentioned in there, you know, he's got a, a tournament that he's putting together at Highlands for next year. Uh, that's going to help uh, with some veteran causes, including uh, this caddy school for veterans. So we'll, we'll get you more details on that as that plays out. Uh, definitely want to get involved with that a little bit and uh, help out. But uh, yeah, thanks to Dan for that. Um, we've talked to Dan before from a fitness aspect. Yes. Um, some things when he was involved in doing some things with uh, another friend of ours. Um, but this is cool to get his more personal story and uh, realize how important uh, golf can be to not only him, uh, but a lot of people, and, you know, it provides more than just the benefit of putting a golf hole in the, or a golf ball in the hole and a, and a score on a scorecard. So uh, thanks. Absolutely. Thanks, Dan. And we look forward to catching up with you again. Awesome. Well, Scott Mack. There we go. Dad. That's a wrap on another stupendous episode <laughs> of Flex podcast. God, I can't throw any more. I need, I need coffee. Yeah, this one's get. I got a little bit left in this one, but it's cold, and now it needs to be warm. So, and I gotta go pack. Yes.
Yes. Pack I'm only going two hours away and I'm only going to the rink every day. So I really don't pack much. <laughs> uh, but I do wear a shirt and tie when I'm behind the Ooh, bench. So yeah, I fancy. know. I am fancy. See, that's I mean, the one thing I like about golf coaching is they not, you know, I'm wearing obviously golf clothing, but no shirts and ties. I don't think anybody would care too much if I didn't wear a shirt and tie and just did my jacket all the way yeah, up. And then, but, but you know what? You got to. Sometimes you got to play the part when you're coaching on the bench, you play the part a little bit more when, you know, I'm on the ice, I'm in my yeah. coach gear, whatever, but yeah. uh, on the bench, you got to look, you got to look good. You want the players to come dressed in shirt and tie to the game. Well, then I guess it's the least I can do is put a shirt and tie on behind the bench. There so, you go. Well, good luck. Good luck to the boys. Thank you. We got to get it done. Need a uh, W. Need um, a w. All right. Um, thank you to all our sponsors, Metcalf Golf Club. Celtic Golf Center and our presenting sponsor once again this week, Canadian Pro Shop Online. Um, they've got the gift that everyone is talking about, Scott, introducing, as we know, the Clubhouse Golf Box. An amazing gift for the golfer in your life, loaded with amazing products from top brands. Simply choose the essential or premium box, choose your ship date, and they're going to fill that box with amazing products and ship it to you or to the lucky recipient. Gift giving has been made super easy. Get yours or browse for other great gift ideas at the Canadian Pro Shop online.com. Good stuff. Yes. Hopefully you uh, are enjoying hearing this, watching. Hopefully you're watching on YouTube occasionally. Be sure to follow us across social media networks, Instagram, X, uh, TikTok, uh, threads, Facebook. You can find us. <laughs> yeah, we're around. Subscribe on Spotify, Audible, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel where you can see these two beautiful faces doing this podcast as well as a bunch of other stuff. Like us, click the notification bell, make sure you never miss a single episode. Get over to flagstick.com for more amazing golf content delivered every day, and make sure you subscribe to Flagstick Digest newsletter. It's free. It's oh, contest. Full. Yes, it's full of stuff, and... Right now, we have a contest going on. If you uh, subscribe to Flagstick Digest, your name goes in a draw to win a Cleveland RTX 6 wedge. Now, it doesn't get any better than this. So we're just going to keep doing this all winter. Like, yeah. all through the offseason, we're just going to keep giving you stuff. You got it. So, sign up for the newsletter. Not only are we giving you stuff, an option to win stuff, but we're also giving you stuff in that newsletter every week, three times a got week. It. All right, that's all we got. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. Until next week, I'm Jeff Botter. I'm Scott McLeod. Always remember, go for the stick.